Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the third season of the Ray Reynolds Rap Podcast. If you haven't already done it, go ahead and click that subscribe button. We hope that you'll check us out also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok and find out more about content. Of course, we encourage you to also check out the website at rayreynoldsrap.com. We hope you enjoy today's program. Welcome back to the Ray Reynolds Rap Podcast. It's good to be with you again today. Very excited to present our program to you um, this morning. And I wanted to mention that uh, this is a fulfillment of a promise. I had said at the end of 2021 that we were going to be trying to tackle some uh, very tough topics uh, in 2022. And these are topics that have been discussed uh, at our congregation. We had an entire series Um, that dealt with the issues facing the church, and I think we called it challenging issues facing the church today. These are things that we, from time to time, are challenged or we're asked about our position, and I want to state two things clearly before we do this. And I know this is a new series in addition to several different series as we got going on on this podcast, but that is that we need to be sensitive, first of all, to the feelings and the opinions of other people. Even if we see someone as believing something or even worse, teaching something that is false or something that is maybe not in line with what I particularly believe, I might even have a biblical precedent to show you where you're wrong. We need to be careful in our approach. <clears throat> and I hope, I hope that you will bear with me for just a moment before we get to the content. I have in my life, and probably you have too if you're willing to admit it, held to a position that um, many of my friends or loved ones did not hold. And we tend to immediately try to defend our position. We try to explain our position. We, especially if we're the minority, we want to say, hey, I believe this because, and especially if you have a biblical precedent, if you've got Bible verses that can help you in defending this position. And we do have a tendency sometimes in the church to become almost arrogant with the fact that what we believe is absolutely right, what we believe is from Scripture, what we believe is what God would say directly to you if he were speaking. And um, in some cases, that may be correct. We may have the the Bible verses to back up our position. But we need to be careful in our approach. I love how Paul puts it in Galatians uh, chapter 6, 1 and 2, when he's talking about how we bear each other's burdens. And he says, you know, if you're a spiritual person, you need to go seek to restore other people that have fallen away. But he says, you got to do it in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. And so that gentle approach is really the key in handling this and any other topic. And I'm going to do my very best to present it in gentleness today. Now, throughout this particular series on the podcast, you may not agree with me, and that's partic- that's just fine. Um, it, it's not going to upset me. It's not going to make me angry. I'm not going to come back on here and say, well, so-and-so sent me an email and blah, blah, blah. That's not the way I do things. Um, in fact, there's been many times that I have disagreed with people. I mean, very heavily disagreed with people. And it may be two, three years down the road and somebody will say, you know, I, I think you went along with that. I said, no, I didn't. I just didn't feel like it was something that needed to be debated, especially in the public. Uh, I'm a member of several different Facebook groups that do not hold the position I do. They like to go after each other. They like to fight. They like to argue. And I think if we're going to be spiritual, we need to act like grown-ups. And that means that we're supposed to be kind. We're supposed to bear the fruit of the Spirit. We're supposed to be gentle in the way we approach people, the way we talk to people, and be sensitive to the fact that sometimes these opinions are tied to an emotion. And people get really emotional when they argue. 
certain things. So just be be careful. And the other thing, too, I'll say before I start is make sure if you are coming from a biblical framework, from a scriptural point of view, that you're not just spitting out Bible verses at them, but you're methodically going through them from your strongest point to your weakest point uh, to be able to discuss your position. And so just, just keep that in mind. Know what you're talking about before you engage in conversation. Today's topic, as you probably saw on the heading, is we're going to ta- we're going to tackle abortion, and this is something that, for whatever reason, in the past maybe five, six, seven to ten years, it has come back to the forefront of public debate. Now, it's not like the subject went anywhere because, as Christians, we've been talking about the subject for many, many years, fifty years plus, and even today in some new TV series. Uh, There are television shows that have said this has been actually a conversation since the early 1900s. These are topics that we're going to talk about. It's not like it's new, and and I may not even bring any new scriptures and arguments that you feel like, uh, you know, are going to benefit you, but I hope that's wrong. I hope that you see the spirit in which this uh, podcast is given and scriptures and thoughts that I I believe uh, and I think could, could help other people. I'm not doing it from an arrogant uh, place. I'm just simply very authentically and practically presenting to you my thoughts and scriptures. When it comes to abortion, one of the reasons why I think this is such a difficult topic for people is because it's a very personal topic for people. Uh, women have fought in our country very hard to be able to have equal rights to that of men. And it's interesting too, when you go back and you look at the history of this nation um, the oppression against certain people just because of either their skin color, uh, because of where they were born, or because of whether or not they are a male or a female. In fact, it, it, it go back to the beginning of the country, we did not allow women to vote until the last century. I mean, it's been, it's been a difficult struggle for women to be able to get their own rights, to be able to vote. And you say, well, that's not really, uh, that's not really um, relevant to this. It's absolutely relevant to this subject because women have fought so hard to be able to have equal rights with men in this country that they take their health and they take their, um, you know, their future very seriously. And because of that, this issue is personal. So when we begin to talk about why abortion happens and who is getting these particular abortions, we have to be careful also that we consider that we don't know the circumstances by which this even entered the conversation. Um, So that is, to me, a very important part of this discussion. So be careful before you get too haughty in your presentation, because some people have had to make some really, really tough choices. Now, When we come to a biblical framework, I want to start with a thought echoed all the way back in Exodus 21. Uh, The Lord gives in, in uh, in the law certain things that we as as his children are supposed to do. Now again, this is the old law. But in Exodus 21, it's specifically stated that if someone strikes a woman who is pregnant and the baby dies, the person who has struck the woman will be uh, accounted for capital punishment because the child inside the womb has died as an account of the um, whatever action 
of the person that has struck the woman. And that is a, that is a great passage, uh, Exodus 21, 22 through 25, but that's not the very, very first. That's the first one we would, we would argue because I will take you back to Genesis and I'll take you back to say, even though it's not said specifically, it is implied that every human life is valuable. So when you fast forward that to Exodus, it makes clear that Moses, after 2,000 years of humans being on the earth, says we're going to have to have this law written down that says exactly what happens if someone, their life is taken, specifically an infant that is still in the womb. Now, I will also say that as you continue to read your Old Testament, it builds on this fact displayed in both Genesis and Exodus that every single human life is valuable to God. And places like Psalm 82, uh, Psalm 127, Psalm 139, where it talks about how every child is formed by God. The Lord always protects the helpless. There are uh, consistent passages throughout the whole Old Testament and even into the New Testament that every single life matters. Every single person on this earth has value to God. When we begin to talk about the subject of abortion, we are devaluing human life. We are saying that there is a child yet unborn that is not of as much value as the person carrying it. We're saying that therefore the woman who has this right to choose, and this is not me and my position, I'm saying this is the position of others, she has the right to choose, then she should be able to say, I want to keep this child or I want to terminate this child. And they won't call it a child, they'll, they'll call it everything but but this is, this is a child that had it been born, it, it was a very, very good likelihood that it would have had a, a life and maybe even a thriving life. But because of the feelings and the emotions and the conscience based on maybe the, uh, the means by which the woman becomes pregnant have now come to the forefront of her mind and she's saying, I want to terminate this pregnancy. But when we look again at scripture, and I think about Jeremiah 1.5 too. Uh, the idea that every single child is formed before they're even born, God knows them. He has purposed a, a plan for their life. He has a will designed for them to follow. Children are from God, and children are precious gifts from God. And so for someone to just say, oh, I'm just going to terminate this pregnancy, I'm just going to let this go, um, they're actually going, they're actually terminating something that God has personally created. Now, I have debated this with people in, in the past too, and, and I know that you may be expecting me to get into Roe v. Wade and all that, and, that, and I think it's pretty clear. If we go back to 73 and you look at all the court documents, there's two different court decisions that radically change the landscape of America when it comes to abortion law. But we know that those are still being debated today. In fact, there's a very good chance, and maybe even the next, maybe in our lifetime anyway, that this that it may be overthrown. It may be one of those situations, kind of like prohibition, that uh, there's certain laws that that say it is wrong, and then they look at it and they go, you know what, this is causing too much crime, causing too many people to be in prison. Let's change that. And so I, I don't want to get into all of that just yet, but going back to the idea of every child being purposed and created by God for a specific reason, every person has value. Every single human being. And before the child is born, they have life. 
There are certain laws in states where they've said, you know, we don't want to have, if it has a heartbeat, uh, we're not going to terminate the pregnancy. Or after three months, we're not going to terminate the pregnancy. Or after some say seven months, we're not going to allow them to terminate the pregnancies. But there are other people that are currently fighting, fighting and trying to create laws to prevent people from saying an abortion cannot occur even until the actual birth of the child. Now, being that this is a podcast, and I don't know where you listen to this, and I don't know uh, the, maybe if there's little ears listening, but I will be very cautious in the way that I present the next part of our message. The abortion that takes place when a child is brought out of the womb is not just uh, disgusting, it's not just uh, humiliating, it is wrong, it is immoral in the way that abortions take place. Now, you can go and watch videos, you can watch uh, TV documentaries, and they'll tell you things like, you know, it's just basically that you walk in and you you insert something and then the baby's delivered naturally and it's dead and so forth. That's not the scene of abortion clinics in America. That's not the scene. The, in fact, if you will go back, and I remind you of Kermit Gosnell, there's a man who just a few years ago uh, was prosecuted because he ran an abortion clinic and he actually kept severed human parts and formaldehyde in his offices because he wanted to preserve little hands and little feet and organs and things like this. Absolutely horrifying what the man did. That ought to give you a pretty good clue about the man's mental state and about his position when it comes to human life, many women die as an account of the abortion that they've had. And I have had family members who have gone through this procedure. And it is, I can tell you, as you get older, if you do this in your youth, ladies, let's say that something comes up and you decide you're going to abort a child at age 16 or 17 or whatever age, you will eventually come to a point where you are going to regret that decision. Uh, for the family members that I've had in my my immediate family, I've had uh, one that was in the family, no longer in the family, and I have another one that's currently, you know, obviously still a relative. And they could tell you that at first, even though you, you want to terminate it and get rid of it, you will it will haunt you the rest of your life when you think about that little child and what they would have looked like. Was it a boy? Was it a girl? And some people even know the sex of the child when they go through this procedure. And it, it is a mess. It's a very, very difficult thing to be able to go through something like this. So I'm telling you that as you begin to move forward after performing an abortion, and, and this goes for dads too. I don't know why we have a tendency to um, you know, go after the, the woman. We, we talk about how she uh, shouldn't have done this and it's wrong and so forth. But actually, the guy is just as much at fault. He's just as guilty as the woman is, but we usually let the guy off for some reason. In fact, I've seen schools that have kicked out little girls because of you know them getting pregnant out of wedlock, and I understand the rules, but there are many guys who've done the same thing. They have, they have actually produced a child and not been held to the same standard. I think that's wrong. Um, but a guy has been a part of this process as well, and many times the reason why a girl will go through an abortion is because they have no support 
system. They, the guys, they may not even know who the father is. Um, we had a young lady that I was dealing with at one time, and um, she got pregnant. She was 16, 17 years old, I think. And uh, the family was trying to figure out what to do and how to handle it and so forth. They thankfully uh, made a very quick decision that they were going to have this child. But they they went to try to track down who the father was, and she kept providing false names. Um, they didn't know who the, who the father was. Uh, in fact, there were five paternity tests, and she claims to have slept with all five of those guys. None of them were the father. So to this day, as far as I know, they've never been able to figure out who the father of this child is. That shows you the immorality and the promiscuity that lead to things like this. And so I remind you that two wrongs never make a right. My mom used to say that all the time. And so be careful before you begin to think, oh, I can fix all this with, with, by just terminating the pregnancy. Now, Jesus was very careful throughout his ministry to elevate women and to elevate children. In fact, he says, if you want to get into heaven, you know, you need to have a mind like this of a child. And I know life is abused. Uh, we, we discard life. Uh, we talk about euthanasia. That's another topic we'll cover in a few weeks. But there are so many risks to mother and obviously child when you go through a procedure like this. Many women have died on the table or they've had long-term um, you know, complications and consequences of a decision like this. I've known women that have come for prayer and have come forward to church even and said, I am dealing with something health-wise that cannot be fixed. I've known women to have gone through a procedure like this and unfortunately something happens to make it even worse where they can never have children again. And so, uh, yeah, no, I do believe you need to have this conversation with your children. You need to talk to them about the dangers of being promiscuous. You need to talk to them about the dangers of STDs and of uh, teen pregnancy and things like that, because it is very difficult. Now, I know some people who have overcome it. They've dealt with it. They've had the child. They've raised the child. The family loves the child. Church loves the child. We embrace the child, love it. Um, and their lives have gone on to be very meaningful, both the mother and the child. But most cases in these situations, abortions are happening in poor communities where, again, there's no support system. There's no dad at home. The man who has gotten the girl pregnant is has disappeared. She can't get child support. She's having to stay at home and watch this child, and uh, it ends up becoming a burden to the entire family. And so they process all that and say, you know what? It'd just be a whole lot easier if I terminated the pregnancy. And Jesus repeatedly talks about the value of human life. He valued the lepers who people put out on the outskirts of the city to die, to just rot and die. And he elevated them. He touched them. He spoke to them. He ministered to them. Now, the other thing too, another thing is, when it comes to abortion in our country, we're passing laws just as quick as we can to allow women, young girls, to go through this without even parental consent. A young woman can go to an abortion clinic in this country, and they can't buy alcohol because they're not 21. They can't legally, they can't per purchase alcohol. They cannot purchase um, uh, tobacco in their state. But legally, they can go get an abortion. Something's wrong with our country 
when we have created laws that say there are certain things you cannot purchase and you can't rent a car and you can't uh, buy a house and you can't take a lease out on a vehicle, you, you can't do any of that. But you can walk in and terminate a life. Something's wrong with our country. That life needs to be elevated. We need to do a better job. And I know we're trying. And in fact, I think it's better now than it's ever been. I think there's a very good chance in, in our lifetime it'll be overturned. But the fact is we need to do a better job of standing up and telling people we are pro-life. That we are for the life of both the mother and of the child. I have two stepsons that were born premature. I have a very good friend that had a, a premature baby. It's seven months into the pregnancy. And talk about weighing a pound or two in the NICU and watching that child slowly grow and eventually thrive. Children can live at this age. There are horror stories of people who have set, found babies in dumpsters and in trash cans that still had a heartbeat after being so badly abused and being brought into this world. That's not a child conceived in love. It's certainly not a child that was loved at all. And so the percentage of teenagers in this country, and I'm talking about under 19, under 19, are in the multiplied thousands. Thousands upon thousands. We talk about in the millions each year. And I don't know how much is going on around the world, but I know that it's happening in this country. We, talk, we, we get to the point that we start talking about millions and millions of children aborted. You can sit around and talk about how, oh, well, think about all the resources. I've had people tell me that. Well, think about all the resources that we save because of this. Are you kidding me? Is it worth it to terminate life? We've got people on social media that are arguing whether or not from Marvel's Endgame and Infinity War series of Thanos' snap killing half the planet. We have people arguing on there. Well, you know what? Maybe that was kind of a good thing. You know, maybe. And I mean, you, 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 what? You really would want to have commit, um, you know, genocide of half the planet? You would, you would want this infanticide, as we call it, this abortion, is going to be helpful for the planet because we're getting them off? Do you know the statistics on the, the children? And I'm going to say children, these young girls that are getting abortions, many of them are minorities in this country. I'm talking about black and Hispanic young ladies that are doing these things. And it's because they don't feel like they have, again, the support system to be able to handle it. And some of them are conceived in terrible situations. That's another debate. People say, well, you know, you got to think about how this child was conceived. And, and I understand you do need to think about the life of the mother. I'm not downplaying that. I also think it's very important to realize that there are some women that the terrible things happen to. But we, again, have to value the life of both mother and child. The child did not do anything wrong. The child didn't do a single thing wrong. Can you imagine if your next-door neighbor um, you know, got very angry at you and spray-painted your fence or came into your backyard and dug up a bunch of your landscaping or something like that, and you're angry about it? And you go over there and you, you want to give him what for and you get so mad at him that you go over there and you punch his kid in the face. You say, well, I would never do anything like that. I would never hurt a child as a result of something that somebody else did. I would never. What, what, if, somebody, what if somebody murdered someone you loved? I mean, they murdered someone you loved and you got so angry that you went over to your 
to this person and you killed their child as a result of it. Two wrongs don't make a right. You don't punish the child of someone who who, the other person is at fault. These young couples that are having sex and getting pregnant out of wedlock and and then going and committing these abortions, you you say, well, oh, we're going to kill the child. The child didn't do anything wrong. The promiscuity of the mother and father is what led to this. And thinking that we can just bury it and say, well, you know, we'll just forget about it. We'll, we'll pretend like this never happened. That ship has already sailed. And creating a, a murder scenario of killing this child is not what you want on your conscience. Not at all. We need to be better about seeing and diagnosing these problems while children are, are young. I had a friend who... Um, their daughter was being born in the hospital, and I went to the hospital, sat with the family. Child is born. You know, we, we came and we held the child and talked and stuff, and this nurse came in. She was kind of worked up and upset. She wasn't crying, but she was really upset about something. And so we got into this conversation about, you know, um, what was going on in the hospital. It was a busy day, and she said, we've got a, a little girl next door who just delivered twins. And I think I'd have to go back and, and ask the family. I think she was like... 12 years old and she had just delivered twins and she's like that's not even the worst part of the story this is her second pregnancy and birth in this hospital and i said you got to be kidding this little girl her imagine what her body's going to go through as she grows older to have three children by the age of 12 years old and she said that's not even the worst of it either All three children were conceived by her stepfather. This is the world we live in where we do not protect our children like we should. I fear with this pandemic that we've been going through, there's been a lot of abuse that's been happening that has gone unnoticed. We need to do a better job of telling our children to converse with somebody about the situations they're finding themselves in. So they can talk to somebody about what's going on in their homes and what's going on uh, in their schools and with their personal life. We leave children unattended. We can't expect, you know, if I took a puppy, I'm going to, our puppy comes home just a few days. If I, if I take my puppy and put it inside my house and shut all the doors and come back, you know, eight hours later, what's the condition of my house going to look like? Well, I'm going to have a mess. Are you sure? I mean, child, you know, the the dog could sleep. Yeah, I don't know how long the dog would sleep, but I can almost guarantee that if you leave a puppy untrained in the house for a long period of time, something's going to happen. And it may just not be just poop and pee on the floor. It may be chewed up couch. It may be uh, digging through the pantry and and tearing up the garbage. I don't know what what, what all could come, but I'm saying that you would never do that to a, a dog. You'd never do that to a puppy. You would never do that because you know the consequences of it. We leave our children at home every single day. We, we, we let them come home from school and we give them open access to the internet. We give them unlimited access to television, to various channels that uh, on our, t- it doesn't even matter. It doesn't have to be an X-rated channel. There are some movies on uh, some of those higher channels that just, you know, I mean, they, they could make your stomach turn as bad as they are. So when you take all that into consideration, we need to do a better job of watching our children. We need to do a better job of communicating to our children what is right and what is wrong. And we need to teach them that there are consequences. 
The consequence of having sex at a young age, one of the consequences besides STDs and all kinds of other problems, is the risk of bringing a child into this world and killing the child because of something you did is not just selfish, it's immorally wrong. And we need to have these conversations with our children. They're not getting it from the parents. They're getting it from their friends at school. They're getting it from the media. And even if they go and talk to a teacher or to a counselor, that's not always the best course of action because there are a lot of schools. The counselors are handing out condoms to the kids. Well, what do you think they're going to do with them? It's like, it's like going to a, a bad neighborhood and handing out guns and going, I just can't believe they started shooting at each other. You know, it's, uh, we're, we're so ignorant in this country. We say, well, we've got a problem. We've got an epidemic. Well, we're going to solve it. How are we going to do it? Well, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna empower every single child with a box full of condoms. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It's only going to lead to problems, to risk. I was with two of my good friends on New Year's Eve. We were at a party. <clears throat> And at midnight, <clears throat> excuse me, there was a guy who walked around the crowd with a giant bucket full of condoms for all the kids there. And um, I didn't know him, don't know who he was, maybe an uncle or a brother or somebody that was there. And he's like, y'all have a good year. Well, I'm like, this is really awkward. I'm in the wrong place. I'm with the wrong people. I made a choice that night to never hang out with those two friends again, even though they were some of my best friends up until that point in, in my years. Um, but I, I thought, oh my goodness, this guy's handing these things out. So I said to one of my friends, like, I, I'm, I just put it down. Like, I didn't know what to do with it. I wasn't going to put it in my pocket. I didn't, uh, God forbid my mother find that in my jeans. Oh my goodness, she would have killed me. You know, I was so uh, worried about it being in my hand. Well, see, and the other thing is, like, I knew what they were used for. So I'm thinking, has it been used and repackaged? See, I was young. I didn't know. Um, and turns out, you know, obviously they were out of a box. They were put into this giant container and they were handed out, but I just, I was going to throw mine away, but I didn't know what, where to throw it away. So I just kind of set it down. And he goes, one of my friends says, well, if you're not going to use it, I will. And he took it. And I, I regretted that that night because I, I regretted being there. I regretted being with the crowd of people I was with. And I deeply regretted letting that go because he ended up, um, you know, sleeping with his girlfriend. And I felt responsible for that because that morally, my conscience, my ethical, you know, mindset was this is wrong on so many levels that we're teaching our kids at 15, 16, and 17, as long as you protect yourself, you don't have anything to worry about. And I know these are sensitive topics and I'm not going to try to go any deeper, but I'm just saying that these these kinds of things are having an impact on all of us because we are not willing to talk to our children about sensitive subjects. Uh, I, I read a book to all of my kids as they were growing up, and I, I can't remember the exact topic of it uh, because I don't have the book anymore. But anyways, it, it describes at different ages what you should say to your children. And so we read chapters, we talked about it, we had questions at the end, and as we went through these subjects, it was, it was difficult. I mean, I had, I, I, one of my, one of my sons, I won't mention which one sat there with his mouth open the whole time I read the book. Another child that, another one of my children that I read it to, he was laying down on his bed as we always read our Bible at the end of the night and read a story or whatever. I had chosen one night, spend a little bit of time with him in about an hour. And I said, we're going to read a book. 
and I'm going to read this chapter to you, and then we're going to talk about it. He pulled the sheets up to his eyeballs. He could see me, but he had the he had both hands, bless him. He had both hands in that little sheet, and he had it covered right here on his nose, and he was just kind of blanking those eyes, staring at me, and I go, uh, at the end of it, I go, do you have any questions about what we talked about? And he pulls the sheet back down to his face and down all the way down his face. And he goes, no. And he pulled it back up to his eyes. And I said, I know, <clears throat> I know these things are difficult to talk about, but we need to talk about them. Well, the next week or two weeks, whenever it was that we did our second uh, chapter in the book, he set up and he listened and he asked questions because he knew it was a safe place to talk about things. And I had one one of my children that got on the internet and found some things that were inappropriate, and uh, he immediately came to me. He felt guilty about it, and we had the conversation then about, yes, we've talked about sex, we've talked about inappropriate things, but I'm telling you, there is more out there than you know, and you need to be very careful when you're on the internet. You don't type things uh, you don't search things. You don't click emails from people that you don't know. And it was a great conversation piece because sometimes in those moments, it's the most teachable moment. So um, I need to wrap up today, but <clears throat> I will do in, an, in a few weeks another podcast on euthanasia, and we'll talk a little bit about um, doctor-assisted suicide. I'd like to talk about capital punishment, too, as a result of those particular topics. So we're going to put a pause on these things for just a little bit. But I thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. And if you do have questions or, hey, if, if you're struggling with this issue and you need prayer, don't hesitate at all to reach out to me. Email me. Um, <clears throat> if you've got my phone number, those of you who know me really well, call me. Let's talk about it. Let's pray about it. Um, I will post on uh, the show notes today these scriptures that I have mentioned and give you an opportunity to search them even deeper. But ultimately, just know that you are loved. Every life matters. Every life is valued by God. And so I hope that you'll keep that in mind as you go about your day today. Remember, God loves you and he is blessing you. He's watching over you. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. And let's start praying for those that have been impacted by this subject and some of the others we're going to talk about this year. And just pray, pray, pray that God will bring healing to our nation and allow wisdom to be uh, what reigns supreme in this nation so that we don't do immoral things and we certainly don't justify it by law. I hope you have a blessed day. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for tuning into today's broadcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get updates on original content each week. Follow us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, YouTube, and check out our website at rayreynoldsrap.com. Also, if you'd like to suggest a topic for an upcoming broadcast, or if you'd like to email me a question, or if you have a prayer request, you can send that to rayreynoldsrap at gmail.com. Have a great day, and may the Lord bless you as you seek to live an authentic life in Christ Jesus. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214.